Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Ready to go. What a week. What a night. There was not a point scored in the NBA the last two days, and maybe, frankly, that was the point. The NBA's coming back, but when? We'll talk to Tim Bontemps, NBA insider on the Shell Pennzoil performance line at 6.30 a.m. Eastern. And to use a LeBron term, the question now is, we will be all witnesses to what? It's going to be fascinating to see when the NBA resumes and what the message will be. Keyshawn, J. Will Zubin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, we're on ESPN yeah. News. This morning, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. And as I mentioned, all of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, we got a ton of guests lined up specifically to talk about the NBA. And Jay, that's where I know you want to start. It's not just the NBA, but the trickle-down effect of what happened in the association that sprouted to all sports last night. Yesterday was one of the most iconic days in the history of sports activism. All athletes stood together as one and proved that they were way more powerful than the system. And when I think about the word team, it's actually an acronym. Together engage, we achieve more, Mm. right? Together engage, achieve more. And what you saw between the NHL, MLB, WNBA, NBA, NFL, even guys like Ryan Tannehill, who made a speech, a powerful speech, the statement by the Baltimore Ravens, we showed that together we can make a system. And it shows that sports, we are the leaders in society. Athletes tend to stick together when things become positive. You know, and and so when you look across certain leagues, yeah, the NHL might have got on board late, but, you know, that's the NHL. But for the most part, when you think about it, the NBA started it off, followed by Major League Baseball, and then we got a day later, we got into the NFL. And then so when you when you look at it, the message is being sent across all sports because there's different race in every single sport. Mm-hmm. And we feel each other. We feel each other's pain no matter what the situation is. And when you mention Ryan Tannehill, he's in he's on a team predominantly African American players. The league is seventy percent black. Major League Baseball is seven point eight. 8% black, and they were all on the same page. And so when you look at that, it's kind of like, how can I walk through these locker rooms and these doors and get in these huddles and be a part of this unified team but not feel the pain of my brothers? How can I be in a league and see another league that I admire, like the NBA, even though I play football, and see these African-Americans, these whites that are paying for their teammates, and I'm not going to do anything about it and be involved. So this is what you get. And, Key, you know what? In a, in a world that is so divisive and fragmented, to see athletes show a, a, a sign that, hey, this is what together looks like, this is what unity looks like, sets such a great example for what we need to be as a country. You, you, you know how my mind operates already, Jay, when, when you say things like, divisive and first thing I was saying only if you allow it to be I agree if you allow people to do that and be that way Mm -hmm. around you and you accept it then that's the way you're going to perceive it and you're going to act that way you don't have to deal with that you know there's there's former athletes that have tweeted things out and said things but if you allow that to continue to happen it's like I don't even want to be in a locker room with that type of person. And how about for all the people that are quick to use cancel culture on the NBA? Now that it's in your sport, what about now? Aha! (laughs) 
the water. Uh -huh. Why did you do that voice? I don't know. I don't know. It's it did the hand. You're uh -huh. like, uh -huh. <laughs> now, many of the detractors are saying the NBA, of course, is only back for the money. That has been said. Our Ramona Shelburne had a really interesting point with Greeny, with Mike Greenberg yesterday on ESPN Radio, essentially saying there's something a little more powerful than money. It's influence. They have so much power by, with their platform. You know, the, the, the direct quote I heard from Doc Rivers was, your talent is your power. Don't give it away. And this is your moment to ask the league, the world, your, the owners, whoever, whoever else you need to talk to and, and cry for change. This is your moment to ask for that. What do you make of that, Key? That's what I said the other day, right? I said that, that they have the power, mm -hmm. you know, because the money is not, it's, it's important in the grand scheme of things, yes. But you can get back that. You can you can make up some of that. But what you're doing now, you won't be able to make up. So why not use your influence and your power to pressure the people to that have the power to get to their friends or whoever else that they need to talk to in law to make certain rules up or whatever legislation, whatever it is, the bills, whatever it is that we need to do to move things forward. The people at the top, you've got to put pressure on them. And the only way you put pressure and apply pressure to them is exactly what the NBA has done. And now other leagues is following. Are you at a point now, because you guys were both former pro athletes that made it to the pinnacle. Yes, I did. That is correct. <laughs> I was very good at my craft. Number one overall pick, number two overall pick joining us this morning and every single weekday morning. So think about it like this. Is there something to be said for what Key said? You're only an athlete for a finite amount of time. If you're working at ESPN post-career, you're working in another front office, you're doing something other than playing, selling jerseys, mm -hmm. signing autographs, selling tickets... Is there something to be said, I've got to do it now because I'm going to have a second life after I'm a pro athlete, but my power will never be greater than it is right now in the prime of my career? Well, I mean, think about this in terms of, I'll give you context with me at ESPN. Being on air every day, I also want to build a business, right? So building a business allows me to walk into a lot of doors. It could happen off cold calls or cold introductions because you're on TV every day. They know you. So if I look at that as my platform, if you're an athlete, you can, I know for a fact, multiple athletes were on the phone yesterday with attorney generals, with wow. lieutenant governors. That level. Right? Okay. I, I know for a fact, I've talked to owners, I, I've heard about connections that they've had. Wow. So when you have access to the owners that have access to the lobbyists that can change things, mm -hmm. that can be in the ears of people for influence, you have the athlete using their influence for influence. They are the most visible people on this planet. It's, you know, you, you, you say that. So for me, I've always used my athletic ability, my stardom in sports, all of those sort of things for other things outside of sports because I recognized that I had an asset that people wanted to be a part of, which was whether it was a platform, whether it was me, it was easier to get to the lawmakers. It's easier to rub elbows with politicians that you can have conversations with to get things done. It's easier to speak to owners. As I told you, I, you know, I, I got out of the 32 owners in the National Football League, I'm probably cool, really cool with about eight of them. And then out of that eight, I'm probably super cool with about four. I could just dial them up. Yo, I'm coming through. And, and, and that's what it is. 
and they, we can have real conversations. But if I was just a guy, I wouldn't have that access. So you want to make sure when you got that platform, Z, mm-hmm. that you use it, you maximize it, you take advantage of it. Because much like you said just a second ago, it's this small. You, the window is this small. And, and, and once that window is gone, it's like, oh, he used to play here. Right. Oh, he was a good player for us. But when you have that power, you better push it. You better push it and use it. And the beautiful thing about what happened the other day is that there wasn't a plan in the NBA. There was not a plan. We talked yesterday about what's the plan, you know, what are you actually specifically asking for. The way this whole thing kicked off is that the Milwaukee Bucks, due to the fact that this happened with Jacob Blake in Wisconsin, they decided that they wanted to forfeit the game. Mm-hmm. By them forfeiting the game, the trickle-down effect that we talked about yesterday, yes. Key, then happened Orlando decided to boycott. Then OKC and Houston, Houston decided yes. to boycott. And then it led ultimately, without having a plan, to the bigger plan happening, which was so beautiful to watch, that it, it trickled into other aspects of other sports, and, ultimately leading to where we are today. And, and it's not done yet, right? So for anybody that think that they're going back to play basketball and this is going to be forgotten and they're just like, oh, well, they're going to play again. No, not at all. The conversations are continuing. They're going on. They're continuing every single day, every hour. They're going to continue to keep moving things forward, even to the point where NFL people are still, the players are starting to think about what their next moves are going to be because the season starts in a couple weeks. September 10th, possible boycotts may be coming in the league. Ooh, with that's one my birthday team. too. Ooh, that's, that's a good day. Happy I look early to that birthday. Day. With the Giants maybe saying, we will be ready to sit. We'll hear from Saquon Barkley coming up. I don't know what up. that means. Yeah, we'll hear right from Saquon in just a little bit. Get in the zone. Brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. On the way, as Key said, the games are back. But what does it mean for the player's message? Would it be diminished in any way? And we'll discuss the role Michael Jordan had in bringing the two sides together. Inside that next, it's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
It's A to Z, and let's start with L.A. Clippers coach Doc Rivers said his players are ready to go after Doc said, quote, they thought it was over following that emotional meeting. But, Jay, thankfully, that was not the case. Let's get Zubin and Keyshawn in our bet. And I hope you guys lose. I can't wait to see what you guys are going to wear when you come in studio. This I know a- what you're going to wear. I already picked it. I went the other day to Victoria's Secret. And, 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 and oh! Never this mind. is uh, based on our it, Clippers Mavericks bet. Don't worry about it. <laughs> just Don't make worry sure, about just it, Just make sure your legs is greased up. Don't worry about it, honey. Don't worry about it. Nice and skimpy. We'll see. In a letter sent to NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell... In more serious note, lawyers representing more than a dozen former employees of the Washington football team requesting an independent investigation into the allegations of sexual harassment during their time with the organization. They are now asking the owner, Daniel Snyder, be suspended pending the outcome. In a statement a couple days ago, Roger Goodell condemned the behavior. He cited an independent investigation that's already underway, but it is notable that Snyder got to pick who the attorney was doing the investigating, not the league. A lot of people are very down on that decision. One more football note. The New York Giants haven't ruled out the option of sitting out a game in the regular season to protest social injustice. That according to Saquon Barkley and Sterling Shepard, Barkley and Shepard were asked on Zoom calls about it. Essentially, Barkley said, I can't speak for the other 31 teams, but when it comes to the New York Giants, it is indeed a possibility. The Giants will play on Monday Night Football in Week 1, They will take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. They didn't say that would be the game it would happen, but it is notable. That's their opener. Redbox is something for everyone. A to Z brought to you by Redbox, along with the new comedy that can't be missed, Rent the King of Staten Island, starring Pete Davidson of SNL fame and directed by Judd Apatow. Visit redbox.com for all the ways to watch. We'll hear from Saquon Barkley. His exact thoughts coming up on just a little bit. And our NFL insider, Dan Graziano, will discuss the real opportunities for a boycott and whether that's really on the table in just a little bit here on KJZ. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, NBA insider Tim Bontemps from the bubble coming up in 14 minutes. All right, Key, the big thing is that Michael Jordan was involved in this NBA negotiation. And we have to step back. You're 48, I'm 42, hey, Jay's 38. Away my age. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but we're the older generation, because when The Last Dance was on, the one thing I couldn't help but chuckle every time I saw one of the 10 episodes was when younger people weighed in and came up with this brilliant thought. Man, he really was that good. I mean, it's, you, have to, you have to separate yourself because there's so many young people that never, ever saw him play. They didn't even see him play with the Wizards, never mind the Bulls. Well, you know what? Not just young people. And I obviously, I grew up through the MJ era. But sure. when, we all when, did, I, right? when, mm-hmm. when I got a chance to see The Last Dance, I'm sitting there, I'm like, damn, man, I don't know. I love my, I love my Kobe Bryant and I love my LeBron James, but dude, just something different. And so you, you, when you see it, it, it it changes things. And then you go back in your mind about the perspective of LeBron versus Jordan and on the court, off the court, who's the greater player. You start trying to, you know, figure things out and, and put it into perspective. And you look at Michael Jordan's situation. He's It's been criticized over the years, and in, in particularly in, in African-American communities and black communities, because people have felt like MJ wasn't doing enough because it wasn't public. When you don't do things public when you're a superstar, people automatically assume you just took your money, you're going to play golf, and you're on an island somewhere. And it's unfair, but that's the way it is. And when you look at the last dance, because he may have been criticized heavily based on some of the footage in the last dance, all of a sudden it looks like, 
he's doing things more. He donates $100 million to several different causes. He's now involved in negotiating, not necessarily negotiations, but the, the boycott with the NBA player. So people automatically assume, oh, now he wants to get involved. He can get involved, which I think is unfair. But now look, a guy like that who is, you know, held up to a high standard for all these NBA players, when you look at him. A room of one. Uh, it, it's He's like, in a room, it is of, a room one. of one. Yeah, when he yes, was at is. Kobe Bryant's uh, memorial, people was like, <gasps> Right. You know, it's just like he's here. He's here. You know, like, oh, well, my God. You know, what though, Key, I, at Kobe Bryant's memorial, though, you felt like you were listening to Michael Jordan, a human being. No, right? no. But just no, no, the no, fact I, that he was even I know. there just was, saying, though, gave you this. <gasps> there's always been this thing, though, with Mike that he is beyond superhuman or be, because he's, you know, he's the most brilliant basketball player you've ever seen on the planet. Right. Uh, so there always has been a high standard. He's the only black owner yes. in the NBA. Bob Johnson sold the team to him. He was the founder of BET and that relationship and how that built. So there, there has been unfair expectations on him and he has done a lot behind the scenes. It, look, the, the way he leads and the way you've seen him deal, talk to Russell Westbrook, you know, talk to CP3, be that conduit between the owners and the players, I just think it's so brilliant for Michael Jordan. Um, he, he's, he's an incredible leader. And I think that he deserves a ton of praise for how he's how he's handled everything over the last couple of years. I mean, it, look, the last dance was from his POV. Obviously, that's going to ruffle some feathers with how people feel about it. But still, going like I put against Michael Jordan when he was forty. All right, like this same guy that told me on the pinch post how he was going to score on me three times in a row. Love it when he was playing with the Washington Wizards Did and scored score? on me <laughs> each I mean, and every possession. What, right? What did you think he was going to do? I, well, I, I thought I was going to try to get stopped. Keyshawn, look, I love you. You're just as crazy as Michael Jordan, and I'm the same way. I don't care who you are. I would have thought I could guard you in the field. I probably couldn't, but that's the same thing that made me different. It's the same thing that made you different, and we all have that ability, right? That's where we all go psychologically. But then seeing that just continues to prove the way he's engaged with our youth. It's so good to see. Like We need that. Think about it. He just said youth. Dude been retired how long? 20 years probably. Yeah, yeah. Close. Man, I mean, still, 2000, what, 2003? Still running yeah. 2003, yeah. so yeah, 17. My son at eight years old wants Jordans. People, kids are still running out there trying to figure out when the next Jordans are coming out. He's been retired forever, right? Yeah. He, so it's it's good to see. Um, he he had, I guess we as, as athletes have a voice in an owner's room by having him there so he now could go from – the NBA Players Players Association with the players and CP3 and, and, and Westbrook, like Jay Will was saying, back to the owners and tell them, say, yo, look, in real conversation. And, and so that is always a plus, and it's a beautiful thing to see. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Let me ask you this, because we often put everything in our silos and divisions and black and white. I think Jordan is the guy that literally key. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where you grew up. Michael Jordan will cause your jaw to drop any age, any ethnicity. There's not a lot of people. You talked about the room of one. Jordan can cut through all of that. And when the NBA constituency is far and wide and it's older, younger, all of that, he walks into a room. It's That's like Gretzky walking in Man, to talk was, to a bunch of hockey players. Yeah, right? That's I, the only equivalent I can even come I up with. I could just tell you some experience, an experience that, that you know, obviously you know, I know Michael grew up in, in, in all those other things, but I remember one day we were going to dinner and we walked into the restaurant and, and 
literally, you know how you go into a restaurant and you hear clink, 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 and everybody right. eating and talking. Right. Man, we walked in. I swear to you, it was five minutes of silence from the time we went to sit down at our table. People, we had already sat down. Nobody would eat anymore. People were just, you know, <gasps> gawking at him, right? Gawking just at gawking him. at him. I was like, okay, well, what is it gonna take for me to get there? <laughs> you know, it was just <laughs> see, and athlete, that's how it I, is. athlete mindset. What is it gonna take for me to get there? Yeah, because it. Yeah. it was. It, it, and so now you can put it in perspective and understand how the NBA players could follow and listen to his leadership. And it, and it works the same way for Magic Johnson as well. They just, they're two guys with two different type of personalities that can get things done at the level that need to be done. And Zubin, can I tell you real quick why mm -hmm. his leadership, same with Magic Johnson, was so important the other day. So to provide context to people, when the Milwaukee Bucks decided that they were going to forfeit the game, they were doing it for the sake of, hey, this happened in our state, right? We represent the city of Milwaukee. We represent the state of Wisconsin. This happened in our state. So they were expecting Orlando just to take the win, right? Orlando, the trickle-down effect, then decided to boycott. Houston OKC decided to boycott. And when they, you know, what's happening, what I've been hearing is when they were in the room uh, that day when they were discussing it, people were frustrated because Milwaukee didn't really communicate to the group as one group what they were doing. And it all of a sudden forced conversations about athletes. Hey, wh what are your plan, NBA players? And it really wasn't the plan. Milwaukee was just doing this because they felt like it was the right thing to do. But ultimately, that's what led to LeBron James and everybody in the room for the Clippers saying, hey, look, we got this. Like, we don't need to play anymore. Walking out, right? Almost an essentially a calling like the bluff of everybody else. But having Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson to say, hey, guys, let's all think about how we're going to do this together and be that conduit to the players from the owners and work collectively ultimately led to the train getting back on the tracks and us deciding that we were going to decide to play. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Were you with Michael Jordan at the Michael Jordan Steakhouse? That would be unbelievable. No, it wasn't. The, it, was, it wasn't a steakhouse. It was somewhere, I think we were in Santa Barbara or something like uh, that's that. That's where he has his flight camp, his flight school. Oh, I've been nice. out there multiple times for that, and that's a good time. We could do four he hours of Jordan He still owes me some money, though. How much? I don't know. He's like, good for it. those checks, man. What's wrong still, with you? Still, I think he owed me 100 bucks for we did something on the damn elevator with a coin. <laughs> you gambled him? Wait, Jordan was gambling? <laughs> no, stop, man. Not like that. We was flipping a coin or something. <laughs> Come yeah. on, man. Hey, that's big bank right there. I never mess with that. I've seen that people fine. mess with that. I'm like, mm-mm, you ain't taking my cookies. Nope. No messing around with the NBA. Our Tim Bontemps is in the bubble. The first question we'll ask him when we return, are we going to see basketball Tonight. That's next. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. ESPN Radio also presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Bonteps in the bubble is what we are calling it. ESPN NBA insider Tim Bonteps is here. He's brought to you by the new Ford Super Duty Built Ford Tough. Tim, I guess the first question any fan wants to know from the reporting you have, there is talk the season could resume as early as today. What's the likelihood of that? I would say it's unlikely, Zubin, that uh, the, the games come back tonight. I wouldn't rule it out, I guess, given the way things have gone this week. I don't think we can rule out anything, but I, I think it's more likely that uh, games resume tomorrow uh, with the games that were played, were supposed to be played Wednesday, now being played tomorrow. And then the games are going to be played Thursday, being played Sunday, and the whole schedule being pushed back uh, by three days. Uh, again, hard to know exactly how things are going to go given how things have been, but I think that's the most likely outcome here uh, to get things restarted. TB, we were talking about Michael Jordan and his influence as a a black owner within the league. What have you heard about that between how he was able to bridge the gap between the owners and the players? Well, certainly, Jay Will, when you have a situation like this, right, for Michael Jordan, obviously, you know, most likely the greatest player of all time to be in a group, in that room with, you know, the other 30 owners of the teams around the league, he's got the kind of perspective that I think is necessary in this situation to kind of understand and explain to a group that isn't going to get what the players are feeling and thinking, um, you know, why it's important for them to sit back and listen. I thought in my colleague Jackie McMullen's reporting yesterday on that, I thought that was the most important thing that came out of it was, you know, Michael Jordan could say to them, hey, listen, guys, here's why you need to just sit back and listen to what these guys have to say, and this is why we need to work with them on this and figure out a way to move forward and, and allow this to, to, be, to be sorted out in a, in a way that satisfies everybody. And I think that perspective is really important, and I think it's a big reason why, you know, all this stuff has been able to, you know, it seems like, you know, get worked out in a positive fashion for everybody involved. Has there been any significant pushback inside the bubble from – Anybody, players, coaches, in terms of resuming play? I don't think so, Keyshawn. I mean, look, I wasn't sure where things were going to go on Wednesday night. You know, when you have, when you have everybody uh, in, in what, by all accounts, is a pretty emotional meeting on Wednesday, I wasn't sure what would happen. I didn't know if guys would leave that meeting and just decide, you know what, I'm going home now. I've had enough of this whole thing. But when I found out there was going to be a meeting Thursday morning, I felt better about the chances of the season resuming because I thought after everybody slept on it and came back and talked about it, I thought that the ultimate outcome would be, hey, we've done an incredible thing here. We've gotten, we've made a historic moment across sports. You have teams, you know, whether it's soccer or baseball, now hockey, um, all these teams are not playing. Uh, they're, they're standing up for what we believe in. This is great. Now let's come back and use this platform for another four or five weeks. Let's finish the season and then continue this momentum forward. So I I thought when everybody had a chance to sit back and think about it, I thought this would be the outcome. And I think, you know, once we got through that meeting Wednesday night and everybody decided, hey, let's talk in the morning, I thought that this would be the outcome. And, again, I think the fact that everybody did have a chance to um, really sit back and think about it, I think that prevented any situation where you would have a ton of guys saying, hey, this isn't the way to go. Because, look, I think if there was a ton of pushback on it, I think that, this thing might be done already. You know, I I think everybody's pretty much on the same page. You referenced Wednesday night twice. 
in your last statement. Take me back to Wednesday night for a second. What was the reaction to LeBron James, the Lakers, and the Clippers saying that they didn't want to play and taking that poll and walking out of the room? Well, I'll take it back even further. I mean, I, I made sure I was at the arena early uh, before that Bucks magic game just because uh, after being around the Celtics and Raptors this week and hearing how, you know, raw and emotional those guys felt and talking to George Hill on Monday uh, after that game against the magic after game four, I, I was just curious to see if something would happen. And, and the second that I noticed that the Bucks were not on the court, you know, eight or nine minutes before the game, I said, all right, we could have something going on here. So really from the moment that the Bucks didn't go on the court, I wasn't sure what was going to happen in terms of this league coming back or not, just because that that's such a major thing for anybody to do that, you know, it's hard to know where things are going to go from there. And like you said, when those guys left the room, you know, I really did wonder, Hey, maybe this thing isn't going to come back. Maybe these guys are going to decide, you know, we need to go home and be with our families and, you know, really speak out about what's going on. And, you know, again, I, between that moment and when I found out there was going to be a meeting on Thursday, I certainly wasn't sure what was going to happen. And I, again, I think when I found out that everybody was going to sleep on it and think about it, I said, all right, I think more likely than not, this thing will resume, but look, this is a really emotional, powerful moment for everybody. And I, I certainly think that, you know, the way this whole thing is shook out, you know, it's, I think it could have gone a number of different ways. And, you know, those guys all in the moment, I think felt really strongly. And I think everybody's felt really strongly this week about how this whole thing has played out. And like I said, it's, it's been really, for me, it's been a, a pretty powerful thing to, to hear these guys, you know, it's talk to these guys and hear these guys, you know, speak really powerfully and emotionally about this stuff all week long um, and, and see how, um, how much guys are, are hurting about, everything that's that's going on in the, in the world right now i mean it's it's been a it's been a really emotional week for everybody that is that is correct tim and, and with that being said every now and then you need a cooling off period 24 hours whatever it may take and you also need to hear information when these situations come up from the people that you are talking to across the table and clearly the players heard some things from inside their meeting that made them feel good enough to resume play is there any chance at all that we could see a potential boycott again if in fact things aren't fast tracking and moving ahead at the level that the players would anticipate uh yeah i mean look i'm not going to predict anything at this point Keyshawn. i mean if you'd have told me if you'd have told me a year ago that we were going to be in the middle of a pandemic playing playoff games in august and then not playing them because of uh, you know, a walkout, uh, I would have said, well, that would be quite the story. Uh, so I, I don't know what's going to happen going forward. But to your point, I, I do think that, you know, these guys have done a really important and historic thing this week. And I think, you know, the, the league certainly, I think, has been behind them in saying, hey, we're going to do more for you guys. We're going to try to step up beyond what we've done now. And I, and I do think the players – also realize the uh, the power in the moment that they have, right? I mean, I look, I can understand, I completely understand why these guys are frustrated about the fact that the things that they've been fighting against are still going on in the country. But from my standpoint, you know, with the stuff they've been able to do, I mean, they with having Black Lives Matter on the court, having these phrases on 
their jerseys, being able to talk in the media about this stuff over and over and over again. You know, George Hill on Monday, I mean, I was on that Zoom call when he started talking about this after their game. Like, that's a platform that these guys have that's very unique and allows them to get this message out there to the world in a way that they otherwise would not be able to. And I think that, you know, having, having the ability, especially after this moment when they stopped sports around the country and brought everything to a halt, to come back and continue that message and continue to talk about that stuff with the platform they have, with everybody paying attention to them, I think everybody understands that that's a huge, um, it's a huge thing for them to be able to do that, and I expect them to take full advantage over the next few weeks here as the season wraps up. Just a reminder, George Hill essentially saying, what are we doing here? And that's still a question, even with basketball being played, that needs to be answered as key referenced. The NBA's crowned a champion in all of its previous 73 seasons. 74 was looking like it was teetering, but right now it appears we will finish and hopefully have ourselves to have somebody hoist the Larry OB. Tim, thank you so much. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All Congrats right, on the show, too. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin reminding you to listen to ESPN Audio at Home via your smart speaker. ESPN Audio at Home brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes from customization and service to financial assistance. Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything okay so maybe i put the card before the horse saying that now that basketball is back when it does resume we will crown the nba 74th champion and then get ready for its 75th anniversary whenever that might be in december or later but he kind of brought it up if there is some other aspect is there another chance that maybe there is a stoppage and this season will not finish are you confident that this season will finish with someone hoisting the larry ob People need to understand when I said the other day that I stand with the players, that means that I am fluid with the situation. I do not know what's going to happen. I do not know if another incident comes up, how the players will react. I will still stand by their side, though, because ultimately I'm putting my faith and my trust in the fact that they are making the right decision for them. And And we have to be fluid with this. There's nothing concrete about what we're witnessing. There's nothing concrete about 2020, Zubin, at all. And this is why guys like Michael Jordan – who can have the ear of the owners and be able to take that message to the owners from the players to get them to react or get them to move. So if anything comes up, we don't have another boycott and play could continue to resume till we get to the to the 75th season. Um, it's why it's important for MJ to use his influence, his clout, everything that he's built. If the owners didn't trust him or believe in him, then they wouldn't have allowed him to take over the franchise in In Charlotte at the time and sign off on it because you do have to get owners to sign off on bringing somebody else in. So not just because of Michael Jordan's star power, but also the belief, the trust that he's doing all the right things. And for him, the players have got to believe in what he's going to deliver to the owners. Whatever that list is, whatever that five or six things that may be that – the players decide that they need to continue to keep playing so that we don't have to keep running up against the boycotts or the negativity or whatever that may be. He's a guy that could go to the owners and say, look, much like Tim said, look, this is what we got. I've been on that side before. This is what we have to do in order to continue to make money and move things forward. If the players are on an island, there is only one bridge between the mainland and the island. And that feels like that bridge is Michael Jordan. 
when you think about the power that Michael Jordan wields, when Michael Jordan walks into a room, Key alluded to this before, everybody stops. <gasps> so let's think about this. Let's think about the room that Michael Jordan is walking into. Okay. Steve Ballmer, the owner of the Clippers, worth $51.4 billion. With the B. Philip Anschutz, the owner of the Lakers, $11.5 billion. Stanley Kroenke, owner of the Nuggets, $10 billion. Joseph Tsai, Brooklyn, $9.9 billion. When Michael Jordan walks into that room, they all know the greatest player to ever live on the planet. They all know how he's created his dynasty. They listen to that, right? They, they listen to him because they understand that he has the ear of the players. And they, all these owners have their relationship with the players. But I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to talk to Key differently about my experiences, especially, I mean, if we weren't on media, if, if we were just two guys who aren't used to being vulnerable and transparent with people, we're going to talk about our experiences drastically differently than I would with one of my Caucasian friends, right? Because we share those bonds together. So owners have to recognize that their relatability between Michael and the players is drastically different than some of the relatability that they have with their players. And, and when you talk about uh, certain owners, not only does Jordan have a relationship and a business relationship with the NBA, he has business relationships outside the NBA with several owners, including Jeannie Buss, who is the majority owner of, of, the of the Lakers, they own a tequila brand together. Oh, so okay. it's it's so you you can have those conversations a little bit different than, you know, you would have them at a, on a board. You can just say, you know, pick up the phone and say, yo, Jenny, I need you to do this. This is what we think we need to do out here. And those conversations can evolve into something greater. That way we don't face another boycott. Let me ask you this, though, because I think, like you said, 99.9% .9 of people listening, including the three dudes on this set, if Jordan were to walk in here right now, <gasps> eyes would be big as saucers. <laughs> but Jay kind of referenced it. Joseph Tsai, the guy that owns the Nets, Alibaba, gigantic e-commerce company in China. Jeannie Buss, obviously, the Lakers. Steve Ballmer was there with Microsoft for decades with Bill Gates. Do you think, even though most people look at Jordan as a player, as an icon, as a shoe magnet, that these other people actually say, you know what, this guy's business acumen is up there with our business acumen. Do you think they look at him differently than most other people when they hear his name? Well, they, they look at him from a business standpoint because everything that he's done from a business standpoint has been what we know as successful. Just because his name is Jordan and they put the, the, the name on the shoes, he still has to run the company. The company is now on autopilot, but you have to make decisions to get to a certain level, even with the bas basketball situation. Yeah, maybe Charlotte's not the, the world beaters, and they, and they made some bad executive decisions on players and trades and things and signings and not signing guys. Doesn't mean that he doesn't know business and he doesn't know what the numbers look like and it doesn't mean anything like that how about the irony that up until maybe this news with jordan up until the last 48 hours he had always been seen as like a hands-off owner he's not really that involved why aren't free agents coming to play for michael jordan do you think that reputation just from an ownership perspective because you said they haven't had a ton of success since he's taken over they really haven't been a consistent playoff contender at all even in the bottom of the East. Do you think just in the last 48 hours, that reputation that Michael really isn't rolling up his sleeves and doing everything he can has changed? I don't think that, I don't think that reputation, that's an outside reputation. I don't think within the NBA circles that he has that reputation that he just, a, a, a not a hands-on owner. He's there, he's around, he's vocal. He does what he needs to do for the team. You know, success in sports as an owner 
it varies. You know, you think about he's in Charlotte. It's not a, a, a sexy place to lure free agent, high price free agents. And, and we talked about this uh, and before. Yeah, but it's not. It just really isn't. Let's be real. When we talk about stars, we're talking New York, Chicago, L.A. Uh, am I missing another city? That's Miami. 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 That, you know, that's what we're talking about. We're not really looking to go to smaller markets when we're big time free agents. It's just uh, Boston. I mean, you know, it's just what it is. Michael Jordan, as a go back to your original question about do you think owners take him seriously? He was estimated to make $145 million last year in 2019. Yes, they take him seriously. He's made over a billion dollars with Nike and brand Jordan. So I think they take him very seriously. And also, as it relates to Charlotte, yes, it's a smaller market. They have to do it through the draft. But ultimately, that's Michael Jordan. Yeah. That's yeah. Michael Jordan. We, we, say, full we stop. say Jerry West is the logo. Right. Let's be real about it. Michael Jordan is the logo of the NBA. I Fair mean, enough. that's just everybody gets their start economically differently. You know, some people get it handed down. Some people got to build it through athletics. Top of the hour, Saquon saying all the right things, but now wait until you hear what he's saying. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.